Psalm says, revive me, O Lord. Everybody say, revive me, O Lord. Revive me, O Lord. How? It says, according to your word. <laughs> according to your word, revival starts in me. It starts in us. It starts in our heart. It starts through his word. You know, how many of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hand, have ever been like, yeah, it'd be awesome for God to move, but, yeah, I want Jesus. You know, I'm really comfortable. I don't do it that way. Thank you very much. I, I don't like that song. I don't like that preacher. I just want it, if they would do my Bible study, it would just be so much better. When we research revivals throughout history, you know, it was one common thread. It started with a changed heart. Somebody's heart was affected, was affected. Hearts burning with passion for Jesus. Evan Roberts cried, bend me, bend me, O oh Lord, bend me. You know what that prayer is today? Whatever you want, our souls bend and yield at his word. Our hearts yield and stop at his word. Bend me today, Jesus. Bend me. I yield to you. I yield to your presence. I yield to change. I yield to change. It's okay for you to tell him you don't like it. But you still need to yield. Because when we say, I don't want to change, but I know I need to change, will you help me change? That means you're pliable in his hands. And when we're pliable, he can revive us. He can revive us. Revive us today, Jesus. Revive me, awaken me, awaken every part. Awaken our spirits, awaken our minds, awaken our hearts for your glory, Jesus. Awaken us. That word awaken, revive, in scripture, and some of you have heard us say this before, but it's literally like getting out those what we call the heart clackers. For those in the medical field, you can tell me what it is later. But you know, when someone's heart starts shocking, they grab them suckers and they whack them together. Everybody clear! And it's literally him taking the dead parts of our heart and awakening them. Shocking them back to life by his presence. By his spirit, awaken us. You know, we can be born again and on fire for Jesus and still need to be awakened. As long as we're on this side of heaven, there are dead parts within us, layers of things that are being awakened to him. And when we get, I'm going to step on some toes. <laughs> get them up, buddy. 
When we stay in a place of stubbornness and say, I'm good, she don't know what she's talking about, I'm good. You're not allowing, you're not giving Jesus a pliable heart to work in, right? As believers, if we want Jesus, right, who cares if the preacher woman's right or wrong? What if there's something to be said about it? What if I really can be awakened again today? Awakened in new places to Jesus who saved my soul. If there's any ounce of possibility in that, I want it. Does that make sense? And so we open ourselves and say, come. I am available to you today, Jesus. Not just on Pentecost Sunday, but I am available every day. And just say, come. Let me find you in the hard things. Let me find you in the easy things. But Jesus, let me find you. Let me find you. And so I hope today you're not coming looking for some traditional Pentecost sun Sunday message. Because if you forgot, you're at Celebration Church. And for those that are new, that, that just means we live, we live in revival with Jesus. We've learned to put ourselves in the place of allurement that we be continually filled, that we be continually touched, that we be continually changed, the life hidden in Christ. Amen? Amen. So surprise, surprise, we are going to take a look at the baptism in the Spirit today. And for those of you that are ready to turn me off already, The baptism in the Spirit, the baptism in the Spirit is from Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, Jesus had two ministries. His repentance, right, unto salvation, and his heavenly ministry, sitting at the right hand of the Father as our heavenly baptizer. He baptizes us in the Holy Ghost and fire. If we want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're not coming to a preacher you're not coming to a denomination. You're not coming to an altar call, right? We're coming to meet with Jesus. You know, as a, as a new believer, you know, I was taught that all that was of the devil, blah, blah, blah. But I saw something in it. I saw Jesus in the Pentecostals. I saw Jesus working in people's lives. I went to the state penitentiary, not because I was arrested. I went to the state penitentiary to go work at the prison ministry. And I saw the glory of God there. I saw Bible come to life. It caused a hunger inside of me. But I wasn't seeking the cloud of glory that I saw. I was seeking Jesus. I knew that Jesus had changed my life. And I knew Jesus could change every prisoner's life. I was looking for Jesus to come. I was looking for Jesus to interrupt their lives. I was looking for Jesus to use me as some sort of vessel, any kind of vessel, that they might meet Jesus. When we're seeking Jesus and not the gift, 
When we're seeking Jesus and not the gift, it's so much easier to receive that gift. Acts 2.33 says, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise. Y'all, it's a promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you are now seeing and hearing. This is that. This is that. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You know, this is also called the, 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 the everlasting promise, the covenant between God and Jesus that he would pour out his spirit. Do you know what that covenant had to do with? It had to do with that we might know the love that the Father has for the Son and the Son has for the Father. That the Holy Spirit it poured out in our hearts is the love of God. He promised, he promised that Jesus would pour out the Spirit the spirit of love. So when people get all weirded out about the Holy Ghost, it's mind-boggling because Jesus, Savior of the world, the sacrificial lamb that died for you and I, he's the giver of the gift. He's the one that baptizes. And the gift of the Holy Ghost himself, he's a person. He's not a ubi-jubi. He's a person, third part of the Trinity. And so if you need more love, I need more love. We all need more love. Get to know the Holy Ghost. He's a safe, safe place. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an immersion into a substance or into a person that changes us permanently. Forever changed. You know, I'm an all or nothing kind of person, and when I got born in, I went all in with Jesus, right? Got rid of all the craziness in my life. Might have taken a little while, but I got rid of all the craziness. And when I moved to New Orleans, I was not quite as bold as I am today, and I was scared of the world. The world was bigger than life, and um, I went to the gas station in New Orleans. And, it was, you know, gas stations where I grew up, they may have had four pumps, and this is like a 10, 12-pump gas station. You know, everything's bigger than life. And um, always full. And the car next to me was a car with, it was homeless. It was a homeless person. And they had all their belongings in the car. And you could smell them. And they were dirty. And all I knew was that they might kill me. And so when they asked me for money, I was like, I got to go. And I left because I was freaked out. And I go to work, right? And I'm all upset about it, and uh, I had a whole bunch of Christians working with me, and they were able to minister to me and encourage me and help me see it through God's eyes that God was trying to do something in me. Well, I had already gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost, but y'all have heard the story that when I got, and I'll tell you more about it in a little bit, but when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I didn't understand it, and then I, I tried to control it. And so this would have been in that time, and I would go in the bathroom and be like, okay, I'm going to pray in tongues now. Uh, you know, and like, do it, do it. I kept thinking it was like, it was just ridiculous. But in this season of my life, 
I'm going to church, I'm going to victory, and I'm at every altar call, I'm in every prayer line, the hands are being laid on me, and next thing I know, I'm the crazy person at the altar, jumping up and down, crying my eyes out while I'm praying in tongues at the top of my voice, right? Everything changed that day. Everything changed that day. Because all of a sudden I realized it wasn't about controlling Jesus. It wasn't about controlling the Holy Ghost within me. It was about yielding and receiving and letting him flow through me. Everything changed. So within less than a two-month time period, I went from being scared at the gas station. I'm talking running away from the person. (laughs) To having friends over and saying, I think we should go to the quarter and evangelize. Next thing you know, we're at Devil's Den. We are in the middle of Devil's Den in the quarter, worshiping our eyes out, um, our heart, little hearts out. We got the guitar out. We're worshiping. We're singing. We're praising the Lord. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. And next thing you know, we open our eyes, and we got like probably 50 to 100 people literally around us just trying to figure out what we're doing. It's New Orleans, right? They've come for a spectacle. But guess what we were able to do was preach the gospel. So I went from scared little girl at the gas station to bold lion in Christ Jesus, able to preach the gospel. When you and I are immersed, that is literally taking us and junking us. If you've ever been baptized in our pool or any other pool, you go all the way under, right? Complete immersion. When you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's a complete yielding, a complete immersion into the person of the Holy Ghost. If you take a cucumber and you place it in vinegar, you fully immerse it in the vinegar. If you only put half of it in, you're going to have something very weird. It doesn't become a pickle. It just becomes unedible. But if you take that cucumber, right, and you put it all the way in the jar, and you close that jar, it's completely immersed in the the vinegar. And it is changed into another substance. It is changed into a pickle. It cannot ever go back to being a cucumber. If you don't want to go back to the old way of life, I'm going to challenge you to get into the presence of the Lord. Because as we're immersed... As we're baptized day in and day out, Scripture tells us to be ye continually. Come on, be ye continually being filled. That's every day, all day long. I am not not worried that I'm ever going back to drugs. Do you hear me? 22 years later, I am not a recovering addict. I am a born-again, spirit-filled believer who's holy woman. I have been changed. I am not that person. You are not that old person. And as you're baptized day in and day out, you're baptized into holiness, into his love, and you are changed. I want to be changed. Who does this changing? Jesus. Remember, he's the sacrificial lamb that's come. And you're born again, changed forever by Jesus. He provides us salvation 
and he provides us this baptism in the Holy Ghost. If you want to get mad about it, you go talk to him. It was him and the Father's idea, remember? It was the promise. It was the everlasting covenant that we might have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Let's take a look at the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2, verses 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Are you aware? Are you aware of his presence in here today? Divided tongues as a fire appeared and it rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All, all were filled. All were baptized in the Holy Ghost. All began to speak in tongues. It was such a ruckus. You know, it baffles me when people want church to be quiet. This, they had church. And it was such a ruckus that it affected the people outside. I love when we're having service and random people walking in the middle and they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I just, something's happening. I'm just coming check it out. Because it sounds a little bit like Pentecost to me. And you know, we are not concerned about sheltering people from the Holy Spirit. They weren't concerned about it. They didn't even know what was happening. We're not concerned with sheltering people from the Holy Ghost. I want to infect our region with the Holy Ghost. That we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that we walk in the fullness of it. And just like on the day of Pentecost, see the entire community, entire community affected with Pentecost. Our spiritual language is for everyone. Let's take a look at Acts 2. Now, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, which I normally don't read quite this much because it's paragraphs at a time. But I want to take a look at the wholeness because not everybody comes to all the Bible studies and classes, right? And I want you to get a picture that this isn't just some thought process that we have, that, that as we teach this over and over all year long, that this is all scriptural, so when we look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 28, this is Peter. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to, the, to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn and with an oath with him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. We can see the outpouring happening. 
we can hear the outpouring happening. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstools. Let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what do we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the, Holy, the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received that word and were baptized were added that day 3,000 souls. In Acts 10, in verse 44 to 46, we see that Peter was saying, still saying all of these things, and the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers who were among the circumcised who had came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was even poured out on the Gentiles. Those that we don't think maybe are holy enough or in the right place. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. You know, years ago I took a team of young adults. It was about 16 to, the, um, to Honduras. And on Honduras, and some of you have heard this story, but in Honduras, um, we had the whole island to ourselves to minister. And um, the um, army, the Honduran army, had a base there. And so all of these young military guys left the base to come to see what these Americans were doing. And were having an outreach at the grounds, and were doing these skits and all these different things. And next thing you know, all of these men, these 18, 19, 20-year-old guys, are all on the ground rolling around, laughing hysterically, praying in the Holy Ghost. So we're like, this is awesome. We're having a party on the beach. And they're rolling around. But next thing you know, it was late. We didn't have, the, we didn't have a way to send any of these people home. So we had to start praying that their legs would work. <laughs> because they were so intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. So intoxicated. And so then the next day, we're doing outreach, and we're passing out flyers and doing all this stuff, and then we're at, we're at the church, and I'm teaching. And so as, I'm, as I go to start teaching, the pastor comes, and he says, before you talk, i got to tell you something. We don't know these guys. They've never been in church before. They don't know who God is. They have no idea who Jesus is. They want to know what happened to them yesterday. <laughs> and so it blew our minds. That how can, how can they receive the Holy Ghost? It's a free gift. And so as we're searching scripture and we're talking about it, the end of the day, they encountered Jesus that first night. They didn't know who he was that they encountered, but they encountered. They saw something in us that they wanted. They were open and they received. Blew our theology out the window. But it's the same type of thing as in Acts chapter 10 when Peter was speaking and the Holy Ghost fell on the Gentiles and everyone's like, how's that happening? They're not a Jew. 
The Holy Spirit falling on people has nothing to do with our maturity. Come on, somebody. It's a free gift, just like salvation's a free gift for all. And then in Acts 19 and verse 5, it says, On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, when Paul laid hands, there's power in laying on of hands. When he laid hands on them, they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So in Acts 2, we see 3,000 are baptized and born again. In Acts 10, we see that all, all that were present, all the Gentiles, were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And in Acts 19, a dozen of them were. Why not today? Why not today? I love that we provide an environment to grow in the things of God and to encounter him, to encounter him, that week after week we see people set free, delivered, that we see people baptized in the Holy Ghost. All, everybody say all. all. He's for all people. The Holy Ghost changes you. Have you been changed? Have you been changed? And then are we being changed? The longer that I stay in the position of revival, the more I realize I'm forever being changed. As long as we're on this side of heaven, as long as we're on this side of heaven, being changed. Let's take a look again at Acts 4 and verse 5. It says, on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or what name did you do this? Have you ever met those naysayers? Oh, they're all around. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, y'all, Jesus had just been killed. They had just been hiding out for their lives. And then they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they're going to stand up to the very people that had Jesus crucified. Come on, we're talking about being changed. Let it be known to all of you that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness, they saw the change in Peter. They perceived that they were uneducated common men and they were astonished. And they recognized they had been with Jesus. 
Let me tell you something. When you have the anointing on your life, it doesn't matter your economic status. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank account. It doesn't matter if you cheated your way through school or if you just dropped out. It doesn't matter how much drugs you've done in your life or how much alcohol you've drank. What matters is the power of God flowing in you. When we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, everything changes. Once upon a time, I was this ashamed little girl who would be afraid to tell you anything. I was told, don't you ever tell people the things that you've done. No man will ever want you, Heather. By golly, gee whiz, I think I got me a good one. Why am I telling you that? Because the devil is a liar. Because there's lies that the church has believed that is keeping you shackled, hidden in darkness. And you have got to expose those stinking lies and allow the baptism to come and burn it up in you. When we let those things go in Christ, when we receive him for the fullness that he is, he will set you on fire. Nobody can shut me up. Nobody's going to be able to stop you. From the call of God on your life. You can't shoot a man that was born to hang. That means if you are called to preach the gospel. If you're called to go door to door. If you're called to lay hands on the sick. If you've got the gift of prophecy or the gift of faith. Nothing man can do or say to you will stop the power of God on your life. You were called for such a time as this. You were called for an abundant life in Christ Jesus. You were called for the great commission to go out into all the world and, and share the gospel to teach them all things, all things that you've been given. You were called. He gives us the power to do it. That little girl... That was afraid of the, the person at the gas station. I can't tell you how many homeless people have fallen asleep on me. I can't tell you how many um, drug deals I've walked up on on the streets and said, well, I'll wait till you're done. And then preach the gospel to either the dealer or the one buying. Or the homes we walk past and realize that the kids are outside playing because mom's a prostitute and she's got a client inside. And so we hang out with the kids and play with the kids and keep them safe. And when mom is done with her client and they come outside, we get to go and preach the gospel to them. Or houses that we've sat in front of and waited for the pimp to leave. And when the pimp leaves, we've got the, the, the van door wide open waiting. And out runs the woman to get in the car for us to bring her to safety. The power... The power of the Holy Ghost will change you. It'll change you. Not everyone's called to those crazy moments. But you might be called to preach the gospel to kids. You might be called to preach the gospel to youth or young adults. You might be called to pick up neighbors and bring them to church. You know, one of the people that we were with this weekend, and I'll be cautious in my story, Holy Ghost, take control of my tongue, 
would be the most unlikely person to receive prayer or want prayer or talk to a pastor. But because of the boldness of the Holy Ghost, and I'm not talking a stubborn boldness. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If he's the spirit of love, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, then that boldness comes through in the place of love. Genuine God love. I was able to boldly They kept cursing in front of me all weekend. Y'all ever had somebody curse in front of you and they're like, every time they do it? Oh, yeah. So they, they'd curse. They'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Well, after like five or six times, I just grabbed the person and was like, it's all right. You could just breathe around me. Like, just relax. Like, it's all good. And um, it opened up a conversation. And they said they couldn't stop cursing. And I'm like, so, so do you curse every day? So do you have a job you can curse at? Like, I'm curious now. Do you just curse at your job all day? But they were able, because of that boldness, right? And again, not in the place of judgment. Don't you know I'm a holy woman? Don't talk like that in front of me. No. Whatever. Look, I'm not here. My job is not to convict people of sins. Your job is not to convict people to sin. We're to point them to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one that leads people to truth, right? And so all the people in the room that curse are going, oh, dear Lord, she knows it's me. I'll let the Holy Ghost have his way with you at the altar today. Clean out their mouths. Okay. You know what's funny? I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. And the reason I'm saying it is because y'all remember at the beginning of service, this is a te teaching moment. Can you let me be mama? Okay? At the beginning of service, we talked about bend me. Bend me. Bend my will. Bend my thoughts. Bend my emotions. Bend me. Bend me according to your word. The, the, this is one of those type of, type of moments. And so I'm asking you to yield. Yield and hear what the Spirit's saying. I have secular people, like the person this weekend, that was more convicted of cursing in front of me than church people. That's a problem. I know, I just stepped on a bunch of toes. Because I... I yeah. You'd be surprised, and I'll leave it at that. But as a result of that boldness, right, I wasn't challenging her in a horrible way. I was just being bold. And this person was actively anti-Christian, right? Did not want to have anything to do with the church. She just wanted to do good this weekend. And was able to tell me something horrific in her life. And she's like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I do. And she keeps telling me, and I'm able to say, you know what? You're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. And begin to walk her through biblically where she's at in her life and what's available for her through Christ. And I didn't stop there. And it wasn't about me. It's the Holy Ghost. It's him living in us. I was able to say, and I'm praying for you. 
And then after I pray for you, I'm going to follow up with you. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to find you on Facebook. She said, you're going to find me? I said, yeah, it's called stalking. <laughs> and I was able to pray with her, and she told me she felt so much better. But when I left for the day and we hugged and said goodbye, she said, you're going to stalk me, right? <laughs> We've already friended each other on Facebook, but she's already messaged me. So do you see what I'm saying, how practical the book, it's supernatural. It's supernatural all the way, but it's practical. We're not all, it's not some heebie-jeebie, I'm going to stand up on stilts and be like, the Lord saith, there's fire on our heads. Sometimes I think that's what the church expects, but it's not, it's personal. It's you and I coming to Jesus the baptizer and the Holy Ghost and him pouring himself, immersing us in to the person of the Holy Ghost until we're changed, until we're filled to overflow, till he's bubbling up. Y'all, if I wanted to, I couldn't have kept my mouth shut this weekend because he's bubbling up out of me. It's like fire shut up in my bones. There's a better way of life for you. It's Jesus and him crucified. He's paid the price. The Holy Ghost changes us. In Acts 9, we see Ananias. He departed and he entered the house. He didn't want to go see uh, Paul. Paul was still Saul and Saul was killing his kind. But here we see Ananias going and enters the house and yet again he lays hands on him. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose, was baptized, taking food, and was strengthened. Saul was never the same. He was never the same. He went from being a murderer to writing most of the New Testament. I've said it before, but our past does not define us. You might be a very successful person in the natural, but that doesn't define you either. Whether it's the good or the bad, it doesn't define us. What defines us is what our Heavenly Father says, and He has promised us His Spirit. To change us. Our past is no longer our identity. Our identity is found in Christ. Forever changed. In Acts 19, we see that it happened um, in Corinth. Paul was preaching and Paul found some disciples. We're in verse 2, Brock. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Have you ever asked anybody? Hey, Tell, tell me, when did you fall in love with Jesus? Poor Raven, I, I met her a couple months ago, and I think I've asked her three times. Tell me how you got saved again. That's so awesome. Hey, tell Zach how you got saved. Y'all ever do that to people? I do it all the time. Y'all aren't going to want to talk to me now. Tell me when you, but then my next favorite question is, tell me when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Have you, have you received the Spirit since you believed? 
And they said to him, no, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Do y'all know why Zach and I came to Akron? Because this church didn't know what living a New Testament church life was like. When we were asked by our spiritual past, by our spiritual parents, Heather, are you called to Akron, Ohio? I don't even know where Akron, Ohio is, Pastor. But one thing I know is that I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost. And Pastor, they don't. They don't know. They're begging for a spirit-filled life. They're begging for a New Testament church. They're begging for a dead church to be awakened. And I've got that power on the inside. Pastor, I can't. I can't stay here. They don't have it. Who are we telling? Who are we telling? Have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Then Paul goes on and says, hey, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. That's good. But on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Available for all. Pastor Grace, y'all can go ahead and come on up and in Acts 13, 52, it says that the disciples were all filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. You know, I want to end with this story. You know, we came from Victory in New Orleans, and it was a revival church since 1994. It still lives in a place of revival. And so when I moved there 20 years ago, 22-ish years ago, um, and I become a leader, I think everyone that grew up in that church or has been in that church, like you are the cream of the crop. I, you just got it all because it, it, it teaches it, it, you experience it, you got it all. So I've got one of my disciples, she's about 10 years younger, and we're at Walmart. And we're at the, in the line and she's looking through the magazines and I'm like, girlfriend, tell, when did you fall in love with Jesus? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, tell me when he became greater than anything in your life. She's like, I was born in the church, Heather. I'm like, we need to talk. Tell me, when did you get baptized in the Holy Ghost? And she just like looked at me. And I was like, all right. Today we start a study and it's called Salvation. And we went home that day and we studied Jesus. Who is Jesus? Who's the person of Jesus? What was Jesus' ministry? What is Jesus today? Eventually she has her defining born again moment. But we didn't stop at Jesus at salvation. We went on to the baptism. Well, we did water baptism. She got baptized in water. We did the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. We did this study. We did every study. Y'all. If y'all open my computer for studies, I probably have several hundred messages written and probably more than half are about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We did study after study. And then we did a few more. And when I asked her, you grew up at Victory. And she would tell me all the time, I didn't know this, I didn't know this. And I asked her one day, why? 
And I said, you're in the service every week. She goes, yeah, but I just didn't understand some things. And I thought, man, I don't want to look like the dumb one to ask. I don't want to look like the unspiritual one. Like I should know, right? Everybody else knows. And that is such a lie of the enemy. And look around you. Not everyone in this room knows everything. Because we're still on this side of heaven. We're all still learning. And so one night we're in a service and I'm like, I am absolutely annihilated. I'm worshiping. I am gone in Jesus. And he tells me, turn around. And I was like, oh no, I got a disciple again. But I didn't, it wasn't in a mean way. It was a, I've never done this, Cassie. And I got, he's calling me out. He was changing me. And I turn around and there she was about 10 rows back. And she was, her arms were crossed and she's looking around like this. Cause it was one of those Holy Ghost nights. It was one of those nights where the atmosphere was electric. It was undeniable that he was there. And I looked at her and I called her by name. And her eyes got so big and she walks and she's like, oh. Do you see him here? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you see him here? Church, do you see him here today? Can you sense his presence today? Why don't you get on your feet? She was able to see that he was there, but she wasn't entering in yet. And just like this gentleman here raised his hands, I said, all you got to do is step in. He's always been here. The baptizer's always been here. But it's up to us to step in. I said, lift your hands. Service was still going on. Worship was still happening. And as she lifted her hands, fire God fell on her. Fire God fell on her. She began weeping. She began prophesying. She began praying in the Holy Ghost. She was yelling so loud, I've always wanted this. I've always wanted this. It'll change us forever. And it's available for all. Not just one time, but over and over and over. So today I want to invite you to the front. I want you to invite you to the altars for a fresh baptism, for a fresh infilling, that once again, we all might be changed, filled, filled with his power. Can you sense his presence? Are you ready for more? The altars are open. Why don't you come receive? Thank you.